there's both my sons, uh, my oldest girlfriend, uh, my, <laughs> my oldest son's girlfriend. I don't, oh, have, an old, I don't have an oldest girlfriend. <laughs> It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 70, the special milestone Dennis Rodman edition of the podcast. Yes, he wore that number for the Dallas Mavericks. Have I used him before in my intros? I feel like I, I might have, but uh, there's no way I'm going back to find out. Of course, Rodman is best known for being on Celebrity Apprentice and Celebrity Mole way back in the day. The Mole was an amazing show. Well, at least the regular civilian version was anyways. And the celebrity version, uh, it wasn't all that bad either. And Rodman, he played a starring role in that. Nicknamed the worm for his wild antics and demeanor, like leaving the Bulls dynasty teams for days on end to go to Vegas, or to marry himself when he put on a wedding dress. That overshadowed just how incredible he was as a basketball player. A five-time NBA champion, two-time defensive player of the year, seven-time all-defensive first team, and he led the NBA in rebounds for seven straight years from 1992 to 98. All this from a guy who was the 27th pick of the second round of the draft. Absolutely remarkable. And speaking of remarkable, my next guest has been on this podcast a couple of times, and he's done a remarkable job of bringing these podcasts to your ear holes. So let's get to it. Without further ado, let's get cracking. I now welcome on recurring guest Grant Nabesy Roberts, the fantastic editor of this podcast, who was also a guest on episodes 22 and 50. I figured it was a great time to chat with you for the special milestone episode 70 before I go on a couple <laughs> uh, a couple week summer vacation. Welcome back to the H-Dog Pod, Grant. Thanks for having me once again. I can't believe I made three. Is that me and Adam? Is that the people who are in the club right now? Ooh, the pantheon of uh, former guests. I believe perhaps also Eric Rosales, I want to say. Oh, yeah, yes. Eric. Yep. He's also been on three times. And you know what? That might be. That might be the trio of guests who have been on three times. Uh, how, how honored do you feel? Very Thank you. Milestone 70. I would have waited till 75, but eh, whatever. <laughs> oh, those milestones. Yeah, well, you made it on the two different milestone episodes, 50 and 70. So, uh, you know, thank you for doing all your work for this. It's been awesome. And uh, no problem. Yes, Enjoy doing it. Recording this in the summer. And then after this episode, we're both going to take a much deserved uh, break for a little while here and, uh, you know, recharge the old batteries, as it were. Yeah, we found out we're actually not going to be that far away from each other. I mean, in terms of cottage country stuff an hour and a half is not that far away from each other so where knows? where, where are you gonna be i am gonna be on a little lake just south of bon echo provincial park in northeastern ontario i've never for two weeks heard that place at all for two weeks nice nice that's uh yeah, we're that's renting a cottage yeah no I've, no I've never heard of that place at all uh yeah I'll be, of course in our prayer i haven't been there in a, a year it's actually the longest i've ever been away from uh, being back home see my folks so i'm very very excited to finally finally be back home that'll be awesome yeah and i, I think i warned you before i said look there is zero signal where i am so there would be no editing happening <laughs> no that's how you know that's all it's almost perfect not to be able re, like i said recharge the batteries and not have to uh worry about texts from people and you know work stuff or anything like that must be just, just be nice to uh you know kick back uh, by the lake and uh, have a good time like that yeah and that's what i'm putting on my <clears throat> excuse me on my uh microsoft outlook you, you have the out of office assistant option mm -hmm. and i'm saying don't even try to contact me <laughs> no that's uh that's absolutely perfect yeah no th thanks for being on again no problem i like to actually what you're talking about can you have more than one best friend now i'm sure it's different for people how they grow up but for me personally i don't think you can i have one best friend i've had the same best friend since kindergarten his name's paul in fact we were just at his house the other day 
Since kindergarten, eh? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I met him, met him age five. I've known him 44 years. And we're yeah. still best of friends. Like, we only saw each other twice last year. I saw him for the second time this year. But we just pick up, right, where you leave off. Um, exactly. Make each other laugh and stuff. He's usually, I mean, growing up, I'm usually, fo- I was following him into trouble. And occasionally he would follow me into trouble too. So it's, uh, no, it's just good. I mean, I have a, like, I have a core four of friends, but Paul and the other guys wouldn't be offended at me saying this. He's, he's my best friend. I've known him longest and we've done the most. He's, he was the best man at my wedding. I was the best man at his. Perfect. And for once, I actually, like I said, I'm usually following him into trouble when we're growing up, but we went to, you ever been, now you're a betting guy. Have you ever, gone, you ever been to Vegas? I was there maybe, gosh, uh, eight or so years ago, maybe, or 10 years ago, something like that. Uh, thank God. At the time, I thought I knew uh, Blackjack and the rules and how to play, and I, but I didn't want to play because the, the, the tables, I think the, the minimum tables there were like $50 or something like that. I could be wrong. And yeah, I was like, that's a little bit too rich for casino. my blood. <laughs> and uh, so I only played the penny slots. But uh, thank God, because I would have been eaten alive there because I definitely did not know the rules of Blackjack like I thought I did. So... Thank God I did not come out of there with uh, losing a ton of money. Yeah, you got to go in knowing if you're going to be an anchor or something like that, right? So so the first time we decided to go, I've been there a few times. The first time we decided to go was 2004. This is my best friend, Paul, and I. So we decided we're going to rent a car the first day. We're staying at the Stratosphere, which if people who know Vegas, that's at the north end of the Strip. So if you're going to walk, I mean, these places are big. You're always going to do some walking. So we get to the... Like, we fly in early, so of course the hotel's not ready, but they took our bags. And we went up to, up north to the mountains to drive, Red Rock Canyon, I think it's called. And we came back down later in the afternoon, and they, they said, we're really sorry, we're backed up, your room's still not ready yet. So I said, okay, well, we'll start taking a walk, um, Vegas Boulevard. And we hit some casinos. We finally hit the Venetian, which is across from... Ah, that's where I stayed. Yeah, which is across from the Mirage. So we're in there and we're, and we're doing the same thing. We're hitting, you know, penny slots and stuff like that because we just want to get comped drinks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, you tip the waitresses, they'll come back. It's great. And we've had a few and we walk out with a beer in our hand. And obviously we went out a wrong entrance. We found a side entrance or something like that. And we stumble upon all these really, really bright lights on the side of the property. And I look around and um, I say to my buddy, Paul, I said, this is a TV show. They're, they're shooting something here. And I, re- and I look over, I recognize there's three actors just kind of hanging off over to the side. And I recognize them. And it was, the actors' names were Ben McKenzie, Adam Brody, and Rachel Bilson. And they're filming a scene from, do you remember the OC? Uh, I never saw it, but yes, I definitely know of it. Because it was always, always up against Survivor, so I said, no, nah, sorry, OC. Uh, <laughs> well, there's, they're shooting on location, and they're at the Venetian. And we stumble on set, and there's, I'm looking around, and there's no security around. So I said to my buddy, Paul, I said, hey, you want to pretend to be background, you know, actors, be to be extras on the set? And he's like, oh, man, I don't know about that. We'll get in trouble. No, no. So we hit our beer like behind these bushes that were right in front. And we walked down and we just started because my my son at the time, who was he would have been six or seven. He was uh, he was doing commercials. We had him in a a modeling agency called. uh, Sutherland Models. The division was called Camera Kids. Anyway, so I went down. I said to my, I said, Paul, I said, come on with me and just let me do some talking. So I started talking the talk with the background extras. I said, uh, 
so you guys from out west, meaning Hollywood and stuff like that? And they said, yeah, some of us are. Some of us are from here local. Where are you guys from? And I said, yeah, they flew us in from Toronto. <laughs> and they looked at, what do you mean? Why would they fly you in from Toronto? I said, I don't know. We get that all the time. It's like we have these average looks that we just look like right, like the, the, the perfect background extra. And they're like, okay, cool, man. Well, you know, welcome. <laughs> so someone started barking orders. And I said to Paul, okay, see, that's, that's the director. That's the first, or that's the director's assistant. He's going to say, before he yells action for the main actors, he's going to yell background action. That's going to be us. And we're just going to pretend we're talking to each other. Use some arm movements and stuff like that. He goes, okay. So we're walking and he says, background action. We start walking. He yells action for the three main actors who are coming from our left. But I'm so involved in pretending to talk to Paul that I bump right into where the main actors were. <laughs> and the back of my hand hit, hits Rachel Bilson's boob. And I didn't mean to do that. Oh, no. And the weird thing is, is that she just kind of stopped and went, not again, which like it happened before. <laughs> so now I think we're in trouble. Paul's like, oh my God, we're going to jail. We're going to jail. I said, no, man, it's fine. And the director is actually very nice about it. He goes, okay, look, guys, here's the path where they're walking down. Just try to avoid them. So we did it properly that time. And <laughs> Paul was like, okay, man, let's get out of here. And it wasn't. I almost forgot about it. About three weeks later, they turned the show around and it was airing. And the promos were with, uh, and it's the debut of Beastie Boys' brand new song. And they actually, on that episode, during that scene, they debuted their song, Check It Out, which came out in 2004. But the reason wow. you could see Paul and I in the background shot, that they, it was a wide kind of sweeping jib shot to end the scene. Mm-hmm. Because our rooms were at Rennie at the stratosphere, we're, we're walking down. Everyone's got like skirts and shorts and T-shirts on. And the reason you can see us is because Paul's walking through the scene with a white winter coat on. <laughs> and you can see it plain as day just as the scene ends, him coming from the right. I, I'm leading him, but you can see his white winter coat amongst the T-shirts and skirts and and uh and they it's actually and then they, they didn't go like uh do a background ar- ar- artist guy well, why are you in a winter coat they didn't uh, question it nope question it at nope. all nope nope <laughs> <laughs> it's actually still on youtube if you if somewhere if you can google the oc vegas and it says check it out it's the one where the beastie boys song is playing and it we're right at the end just as the camera's sweeping up and from the right there's paul in his white winter jacket <laughs> that's funny yeah well it's good that you had that experience that's a really funny story of your best friend because as i said at the end of start and the end of last episode that i had on uh, episode 69 with derek stashik the rant that i had was yes that you can only have one best friend and i've had this and it, it's a very polarizing issue it would seem with people but uh, it seems very clear to me it's in the very definition of the word best so yeah, you can't have 18 best friends. That's not the way it works. Just like you can't have 73 favorite teams. There has to be one favorite. That's the literal definition of the term. But yet for some reason, I guess I guess it's because people don't want to decide which one is their best friend, which I kind of understand. It's not easy to do, um, trying you know, try to select one. But I, I can only get on board maybe by saying, like, like, for example, like my best friend in Toronto versus my best friend back home. I, can I usually maybe just refer to the other that. three as my good friends. Yeah, my great friend. But I can like, maybe see the whole you know, best friend back home versus best friend currently where I am. Maybe I could push to that. But yeah, for someone to be like, oh, I have thir- you know, 33 best friend. No, no, no. Like, like, come on. That's just getting ridiculous then. Yeah. No, I agree. 
Yep. It all depends on people. I mean, girls might be different too. If they grew up with the same four girlfriends all their lives, they all might be each other's best friends. I mean, I don't know how that works. Well, yeah, the, I, I was just thinking about that because I was like, okay, who's, who could be who could be my best friend? And I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I have a feeling. I would say probably, uh, I would say Adam Skelly, but I know Adam Skelly. His best friend is Chris because just like you and your friend Paul, they grew up since they were like, you know, you, you, we toddlers. So obviously yeah. they're best friends. So can I be best friends with Adam if? Uh, he's definitely not my, I'm not his best friend. Is that, is that how, how, how does that work exactly? Yeah. I, I, it's, this is a weird conversation. <laughs> yes. I think that can happen. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Just... I just met Adam finally the other day. Oh, and he's an absolute jerk, isn't he? What I couldn't believe what made me mad is, um, how muscular and good looking he was. I did not I like that at all. No, I know. I, know. I was like, hello, you're Adam. Hmm. And I left. No, it was a couple of weeks ago. We we talked to each other for about five minutes just to kind of introduce ourselves properly. So it was it was good. And yeah, whenever if we ever well, not hasn't been happening for a while, but things are starting to open back up here in the world. And uh, yeah, whenever we go out, obviously the ladies would be like, "Ooh, Adam!" And then it's, oh yeah, just this uh, Michael guy. Yeah, he's definitely uh, he's the star attraction without question about that. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. And it uh, obviously plays where you did play uh, hockey and uh, as a goaltender. So I think we should, uh, if you want, let's talk, let's talk a little bit of hockey with the uh, Maple Leafs, of course, long since being eliminated from the playoffs and their offseason, um, you know, clear uh, the season will be. I actually just saw their schedule was released today for this upcoming season. I wish they played every single Saturday. I hate when they have a few random Saturdays they don't play. It just drives me crazy. It just, it just doesn't feel right. But uh, what do you think? They play your, everyone this time? Uh, it's like I think every pretty much every month there's like one Saturday that the Saturday they don't play or something. Oh, they, oh, there is a well, there is a Saturday where they don't play. I haven't looked at the schedule yet. It's just hard to care right now. I mean, every year it's the same thing. I mean, I'll never look. I'll never change allegiances. I just the best way to put it is that I hate being a Leafs fan. <laughs> the additions of Bunting and um, Nick Ritchie. Yeah, it's it's morning Hambone. I'm not awake yet. And uh, I mean, yeah. Did you, that'll, whoa! That'll, did you just call me Hambone? Did I say Hamlet? I probably you did because it's morning. Just call me Hamlet. It's, oh my God. Some people at work, uh, Tony Ambrosio, a former guest as well, uh, but I, I gave him the gears on that because people, he called me Hambone instead of Hound Dog. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I love Hambone. I've had him on this podcast, but I am not Michael Hambone. I am no. Michael Hound Dog. But it also is before noon and I'm not awake, so my apologies. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> worked with Hambone too, so maybe, although even though I've talked to you several times since then, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. And now I forget where I was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't look, I, I'm really, <laughs> I just don't care right now. Every year it's the same thing. And the way they, they blew it this year was just, is it, I don't even know if it was, if spectacular. Uh, I, it might have been unspectacular because when, you know, when Galchenyuk gave up, gave up that uh, winning goal to like the two on O goal in game five. And then he went, that's when I went, oh, this doesn't feel good. And sure enough, I was right. And I don't care. So I'm sure I'll care in a month and a half, but. I don't right now. That's the same crap over and over and over. So whatever. Well, whenever they lost game six there, like they dominated that overtime. And then when uh, Travis Dermott, uh, Dermott coughed up the puck and then they uh, scored the winner there. Oh. That's when it was like, okay, in my opinion, like I still was fairly confident because I've been saying going into that series, I think Leafs will win in six. Every Leaf, not every Leaf fan. There's some Leaf fans who thought Toronto was going to sweep them. And I said, are you actually a real Leaf fan then? If you're a true Leaf fan, you would never think they would have it easy to sweep Montreal. You're crazy if you think that was going to happen. So I said, okay, I'm fine. I think I still think Leafs will win in six. It's fine. 
And they dominated that overtime in that game. It was unbelievable how much they were crushing them until it mattered, and which was the goal, of course. And then uh, yep. obviously they lost. And then as soon as they lost that game, as much as I try to put a positive spin on it, I think deep down, truly every Leaf fan, I had buddies who bet a lot of money against Toronto that, that game seven, just because I think there was probably an emotional hedge on their part uh, because they just knew that, uh, yeah, once they lost game six, they were definitely going to lose game seven. I actually had predicted at first. I said, look, I would not be surprised if Montreal won the first game, but I thought Toronto would win the next four, and I was almost right. Yep. I think uh, definitely guaranteed they were going to lose game one, for sure, Toronto, just just the way it was. And obviously, without having Tavares in that playoffs after going down with an injury in game one, that had a, a significant so role. Brutal to no watch. question about that. Yeah, that was so brutal to watch. We're, we're all, there's both my sons, uh, my oldest girlfriend, uh, my, my oldest son's girlfriend. I don't, oh, old, I don't have an oldest girlfriend. <laughs> and I appreciate my fans also. My wife and my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, my wife. Yeah, sorry to say. I'm so, I'm so sorry, my wife. Lizzo, I love you so much. <laughs> anyway, both my sons, my oldest son's girlfriend, uh, we were watching that game when Tavares got hit. And we saw, we could, right away, my youngest son and I caught it. I went, I think Tavares has gotten knee in the head. And when he, it was so hard to watch when he tried to get up. Even in our room, like the energy was sucked out of it, right? So yeah, uh, that was so hard to watch. Uh, definitely very hard to watch. And uh, yeah, we're recording this, uh, uh, and that's a, that's the beauty of baseball is things at the current time look pretty good for the Toronto Blue Jays. Like they yeah. start, they're out of the playoff position, but I think you know they certainly added some pitching in the at the deadline with uh, Jose Barrios and um, and uh, some good uh, nice relievers. Although Brad Hand a couple of games ago was bad, but by the time this episode drops. Yeah, that's the beauty of baseball. They could be on a huge winning streak and everything is flying high, or they could have lost seven in a row and everyone thinks they're doom and gloom. So, But at the current stage, when we're recording this on uh, August the 4th, the Blue Jays are in a decent enough position uh, in the wildcard chase. Uh, will you be getting to any of the games? Because they're finally back home. Yeah. You want to go? I'll go, with, I'll go with you to a game for sure. I love going to Blue Jays games. Oh, they're, 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 they're the absolute best, in my opinion, the best uh, sporting event to go to. But I'll be uh, visiting back home here for a couple of weeks. So I won't be able to do, to do that. But I think no, they have the yeah, m- me too. September. I'm talking September. We'll Perfect. find a nice little homestand in September. Yeah, um, it's that's funny. It's weird, eh? With the moves they made this year and the position they're in standings-wise, it feels a little like 2015. That's that's the little tinge of feelings I got from when those moves were made in burials started on the August long weekend, like when David Price started on the August long weekend back in 2015. I mean, I like the moves they made. I mean, the pitching often showed in a sweep of, like it was a weaker KC team the previous weekend. I'm trying to think like who should be the closer. They should really define themselves a closer because it can't obviously can't be Kirby Yates now. He's got Tommy John surgery. And I was thinking, well, Hand was the Nationals closer, but his first two outings up to, you know, as of this recording was not great he let in i mean i know a couple of runs were unearned but he still let him let him in mm-hmm. and romano's had a tough time this year but i mean i don't know what they got soria too so you think like the seventh to the ninth innings now should be okay i mean what i noticed last night when ryu pitched seven innings that changes the whole game and how management can do with their pitchers for the eighth and ninth like Absolutely. you get your pitcher to make a start like that and you have a good feeling, and it showed uh, in the Cleveland win on the uh, on Tuesday night. Absolutely, and uh, uh, the funny thing is about Romano, and I agree with you that uh, sort of not completely unlike um, uh, Rafael Dolis last year. Dolis is actual 
earned run average, I'll, I'll check it here in a second, actually was pretty good last year, although it just felt like every single game, it was always a struggle for him. And Romano, same thing this year. It seems like every single time he's struggling out there, I'll, but his actual numbers are, 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 are actually really, really good. So, yeah, Delise last year, his ERA was uh, one uh, 1.50 last year, it's if like, you can believe it. Isn't it for like 490 this year or something? 4.76 as of this recording, yeah. But so he was 1.50 last year, which was obviously fantastic. Wow. But obviously, yeah, he would really, every single outing, you were just like, oh my goodness, like, right? Like, it just felt like it was a struggle every time. But no, in terms of actual raw numbers, pretty good. And as of this recording, yeah, Jordan Romano, 2.41 ERA. That's a really, really good ERA. But it, you're right. It just feels like every single time it's a struggle and a grind out there, which I guess that's why. And part of the reason why I think they brought in a couple of these established veteran closers just in case Romano does go on a, a bit of a cold stretch here. Yeah, and the bullpens, they've given up the lead, what, tw like 20 times this year? Imagine how many more wins they would have. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Well, especially a lot of those games happening against AL East foes as well. Not only are you losing these games, but you're losing them against, you know, big divisional opponents. So this upcoming Red Sox series uh, will, will tell a huge tale if they could finally... You know, I, I you know I understand like winning two of four against them. That's not too horrible. It's not killing you. But at the same time, they, they need to win three of four. You know, it's not easy, of course. But if they no. if they want to like, make up serious ground, they have to do some stuff like that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's uh, no, they're they're definitely they're an exciting team. I remember a couple of years ago being like, okay, this they actually have a young nucleus here, which is pretty exciting. And then and I, I you know the, the management has definitely proven now. The last couple of years that they're absolutely interested in building a winner, which definitely was not the narrative of them uh, a few years ago. All the fans say that, you know, they hated Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. They wanted them gone big time. Total yeah, 180 on now, that. Eh? Yeah. Definitely a total 180 on that. By the way, I just thought of that right now. Uh, total 180 makes total sense because it means it's completely flipped around. Do you know how many times, have you ever noticed how many times people say a total 360 on that? And it's like, nope, a total 360 is back to circle. where you were, square yeah. one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do notice that. The first time I ever noticed that was in a movie. It was in uh, uh, Last Action Hero where the uh, the bad guy, the old Italian guy, is like, you know, he, why you do this to me? You make like a, like a 360. And the, his henchman kind of goes, it's a 180, you idiot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how, how many people will do that one. And it's like every time I cringe, and I also cringe. Uh, I, we've talked about uh, other times you're on these podcasts, grammar and stuff. I just drive this crazy. But I saw a tweet again uh, a couple of days ago where uh, the person wrote uh, loose instead of lose. And I made uh, literally I almost loosed my mind. I think that that uh, incident with the word loose has made the podcast more times, I think, than any other subject. Ooh, that's a good uh, that's a good <laughs> question. I, I've never considered that before. Uh, it might I, very well be. Yeah. My the one that it doesn't really bug me, but I notice that people say it wrong. I say if they mean if they talk about change, if they want to create change or affect change, they or, or like modify change, they they'll mispronounce affect with effect. Like mm. I want to effect change, I want to affect change, stuff right. like that, right? Yeah, no, I definitely, and I oftentimes you also see spellings on that one uh, a, little, a little bit wrong, which I mean it's still not good, obviously, and I and it's still. You know, I don't like it, but I can at least somewhat understand effect effect. Like there, there is a few times I'll do a little bit of a, a beat and wait, wait a minute. Which one is it again? A, a or E? Like that yeah. one's not the easiest one of all time, but lose and spelling lose with two O's. Oh my God. That one is just absolutely horrendous. I put that on the compilation for episode 50. That was the best part. He goes, well, how do you spell loose with three O's? <laughs> it's just, 
Oh man, yeah, that just drives me drives me crazy. I I, I guess I, were, I was I was going to say how do I how do we get on this topic? But yeah, I, I guess it was the one eighty. Oh, you. That that's I'd all said. you, huh? Yeah, it's all you. I love the uh, I love the tangents. That's uh, that's what makes, uh, in my opinion, the, the pods fun. Going off in all sorts of wild, uh, different ways. But uh, well, hopefully, this will be the best sounding podcast so far because we're doing this a little differently. It's meant to sound like we're together. We're not. You're at your place. I'm at mine. But if this works out, uh, it's going to sound pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, absolutely. I'm hoping for sure that it sounds great. And I didn't somehow screw some stuff on my end. And, and it uh, sounds absolutely scintillating. Good word. Oh, good word. Hey, what is your favorite good word? You say that a lot, but what is your, do you have a favorite good word? That's a good question. I mean, I think scintillating, like I said, is a pretty good one. I, uh, and I remember in college, I would, um, the radio uh, news director guy, he was, the teacher was like, okay, you can't have too many of these buzzwords that, that you like to use. I'd like to use like, you know, scintillating or invigorating, uh, different words uh, for the news copy. And he's like, okay, the, the, it's not even about the news anymore. It's about your ridiculous words, and it, it came over the top. But I think <laughs> I think scintillating definitely was um, certainly up there. I always like to use the word Brobdingnagian, just because. Say, wait, I, say I didn't hear that. Say again. I don't know. If, I don't know. You know if exactly if I'm saying it correctly. Brobdingnagian. Uh, maybe it's wow. Brobding. Maybe it's Brobdingnagian. Uh, which is a humongous word, and people go, "What the hell word is that?" And the word, the definition of the word is uh, enormous. So that's sort of a, one of those uh, words that's sort of. Uh, it's ironic that the word that uh, that is a, a big word, uh, the definition is a big word. Okay, well, text me the word after, and then I'll I'll insert a little uh, pronouncer audio. Brobdingnagian. Brobdingnagian. It's definitely quite the word, and of course, of course, uh, back in the day, me being a spelling me's brag. And going to uh, Parliament Hill for those in uh, middle school. Uh, I guess I, I've accumulated a, a decent word, uh, a lot of good words uh, over the years. My favorite, you know, what my favorite good word is penultimate. Ooh, yeah, it's a penultimate lap. Yes, you you don't ever really hear that when in, in like a race. I find when it, you know, like I said, it's a penultimate lap. You never really yeah. hear it otherwise. Really, you know, what's an even better word, I, which I actually I never use, but you know what, you know what the word for third last is. Third last, ooh, like a bronze medal winner. Uh, obviously, that's not it. Uh, what, what is it? Ante penultimate. Ante penultimate. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Interesting. Well, ante just means before, like you know, AM and PM. Mm-hmm. That's ante meridian and post meridian. Oh, so right, ante right. penultimate means before second last. That's all. I've never heard that before. Very, very interesting. Yeah, that also made me think when I when I was just trying to think of that third word. Uh, because of course the Olympics are, are going on right now and athletes, I feel like if it's a, uh, either a team or an individual, like head to head battle, yeah. I, I'd almost rather win bronze as opposed to winning silver. And I, I always hear that, you know, Oh, we won silver. No, no, no. You didn't win silver. If you're up against someone, you lost gold. Do you agree? Yeah. It's well, you're awarded a medal and you did lose the gold. So I would say, yeah, you lose gold, but you're awarded silver. That's better. That's better. Yeah, because yeah, that's for, for sure. And obviously, silver is better than bronze. Duh. But it's just, I just it, it, the the mental way of looking at things, right? I guess so. Uh, especially if you're head to head. If it's a, if it's like a you know twelve swimmers in a heat or something like that, well, that's a little bit different because you know everyone's really really close. So winning silver then is not so bad. But yeah, if you're in like a, a gold medal game for hockey or for example or baseball, whatever the sport may be. And then, and then you lose that game. It's hard to say you won silver. I'm sure a lot of those people would honestly rather just win bronze at that point. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you never hear people say they. They probably just say, "Oh, we got silver." 
Well, I mentioned, uh, of course, uh, winning silver or, or winning gold, silver, bronze, whatever, all those different ones. Uh, uh, here you have a, a good story from the World Juniors Hockey where they perhaps were trying to win uh, gold uh, from 2010 in Saskatoon. Yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> so one night it was um, – so it was after the round robin. It was early January. So we're in Saskatoon and um, – God, it, it's so cold there. It, like, it never got above minus 15 in Saskatoon. Um, like, the exhaust in the parking lot of the stadium, you couldn't see. It was it was that kind of cold. And I mentioned before, Ken McAndrews, who is the technical director, what we would do, we were doing the intermission. So I was the audio assist on the intermissions part of the broadcast because they were live on location, James and Bob and stuff like that. But one night, Kenny and I decided to, we, we saw this, there's a Led Zeppelin cover band called Cashmere uh, at this, this bar called Buds on Broadway. We had, we had no idea of the reputation of the bar. We just said, let's go in and watch. So we started watching. It's pretty good. These guys are really good. Really good cover band. And then um, not too long after we got there, a big fight happened in front of us. Um, and then we look over and all night, these two girls were constantly making out. And oh. there's this one guy, he kept getting kicked out, but coming back in with a different jacket, hoping no one would recognize him. That was hilarious. <laughs> and then during the encore, the cover band started doing rock and roll. And as soon as they got into it, they blew the power of the place. And the drummer gets down, he's looking at all the electrics. He kind of put, you know, puts his hand over his throat and says, cut it. Uh, there's no way we're... Uh, we're playing. So oh, the best part was the Latvian junior team was there just getting smashed. <laughs> and they had to play in a regulation game the next day and they lost 10 2 to the Czechs because oh. they were smashed. They were <laughs> like, they were hitting it hard. And just, I mean, they were losing badly in those games anyway. They actually beat Austria the second relegation game, but they still got relegated. But to see them, Kenny and I just kept going, these guys are not, they're not going to be good tomorrow. And they weren't. <laughs> but that was the game. I was, I was right on the, I was right at, in the stands uh, when Canada lost in overtime to Jack Campbell and the Americans for that junior team. Wow. Yeah. No, I, man, that's already, was already 2010. My goodness, time flies. It's, yep. I always say that. that, that that's another topic I, I often bring up on this podcast. How quickly time flies because, uh, Man, that was already we're 11 getting, years we're ago. We're getting up Crazy. there, Hunt. Yeah, yeah, we're getting up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy, yeah. Well, speaking of the uh, power, um, you know, blowing a fuse or whatever, uh, you, you sent me a sweet audio file. I, I think we should play. Uh, Found out. Nice your house, segue. Uh, nice segue. Yeah, I've, I've been, I feel I've been pretty, uh, pretty good with these segues, this, uh, this, uh, this pod. I've been like, you know what? <laughs> Boom. It's perfect. 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 Like, you know, it just always, it's awesome when it comes uh, to, uh, to fruition. Good word, I guess. I interrupted um, you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no problem at all. Yeah, it's obviously great when it comes to fruition, just uh, like that. It's absolutely perfect. So, yeah, so set the scene for us. What happened at your house recently uh, that was uh, interesting? Yeah, so about a month ago, and it seems you know, it seemed like up to about 2010, we would get a couple of really, really bad storms a year. And I say bad and good because they're fascinating to watch, but they can be scary, right? And it seems like for the last 10 or so years, we would barely get one a year. But this year has been crazy. This one afternoon, this is about, oh, I'm, I'm going to say this is about six, five or six weeks ago. And we're watching the storm come in. It's coming from the east. When usually when that happens, that's generally 
I find it's going to be a, a bad storm. You could see lightning hit the, we have a view of the lake. You can see lightning hit the lake and it's getting closer and closer and closer. And then it starts raining and it starts hailing. And then my youngest son, Andrew, he looks at it, he goes, look how the wind's going one way on the road and the other way on our car. And I went, wow, this is a bad storm. So I start recording it. Just as I start recording it, lightning hits. We have one of those old TV style towers in our backyard where our Bell internet receiver is on. Well, lightning hit that fried the receiver, which in turn fried the router inside my house. Then that was followed by the loudest bang I've ever heard in my life. Whoa, whoa, God. That hit something here. Yeah. I got that on, I got that too. Did you really? Yeah, with him swearing on it too. <laughs> and of course my youngest son, Andrew, he didn't know what to do, so he just swore. <laughs> well, I did, I did too, but he came in right after me because it was... Uh, I've never seen lightning and thunder that close together. Man, that, 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 that was a loud bang. Holy. That, 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 was, that was my wild. wife at the end going, did you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, thank God uh, you were safe and all that because, uh, yeah, that, uh, not so good. The next week, same thing happened to my next door neighbor. Uh, lightning hit his tower and blew up his internet. Yeah, no, no, I that, like storms, that, that especially like cottage storms or something like that. You know, you used to go, at, you know, you're on a lake and it's and you get one of those storms. As like, a kid, you don't really appreciate uh, appreciate how scary it can be sometimes, or how serious you might well, gotta take shelter sometimes. You're just fascinated by the lightning and thunder and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, everything seemed a little bit like ah, well, that seems fine, but yeah, no, no, that's that's one of the things for golf. I will golf in torrential downpours. I remember doing that. In high school, uh, we, even though I had a membership with my buddy Matt Lee, we decided to play. It started with a torrential downpour, and it was the entire round was that. It was absolutely like horrendously bad. I will pay it, play in that. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, obviously, I'd, I'd prefer if it didn't rain. But uh, the second there's lightning, no, I'm off the golf course. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to get any. Um, you know, I, I'm no way would I would I be really going for any um, hole in ones then for sure. Holes in one. <laughs> you did that on purpose. I totally did. I almost forgot what the which is which is the one that that drove you crazy. I was like, crap, which <laughs> which is the one that he doesn't like? Is a holes in one or is a hole in one? Hole in ones, and I'm pretty sure I nailed it. So good. <laughs> um, that's funny you say that too, because my my parents were like that. They're avid golfers. And my dad could be looking out the window and there's a tornado. He's like, no, I think we're good. Yeah, it's uh, no, uh, maybe maybe make sure you're okay. Like I said, lightning, no, no bueno. I uh, you know. It, don't mess around with that because especially when you're holding an iron in your hand and you're by trees, maybe by some water, it's all a bad uh, concoction, a good word of uh, things that could go wrong with lightning. That, that is for sure. Um, hey, when, um, I've got a question for you. So when you're in Arnprior, yeah. do mm-hmm. you, I know there's obviously, you still have streetlights and stuff, but can you see more stars out there than you obviously can in the light polluted Toronto? Oh, definitely not. Not even, in fact, whenever I'm, uh, out here on my balcony, uh, my palatial, good word as well, my God, I'm on fire with those, palatial wow. estates at my condo that I've been here for already, speaking of time flying, already five years. If I'm out there at night, yeah, I barely really see any at all, but uh, mm-hmm. in our part, it's beautiful, yeah, to be able to see actual stars again. It's it's a whole new world. It's, it's so weird. When you, I hadn't even consciously even thought about it really until you brought that up, the fact that I normally can't see it here in Toronto, but uh, yeah, going back home, uh, that is nice to be able to see. Well, this, uh, you when know, you go back again. home, and this will work for by the time you post this, because it'll peak at the end of the week. Um, from the east, if you look up, and you'll see a bunch every hour. They're, they're called the Perseids uh, meteor shower, 
and they peak around the 12th and 13th of August every year because they're the they're the remnants of a comet called Swift Tuttle, mm-hmm. and and they, they're called the Perseids because where they look like they come from is the constellation um, Perseus. So when it peaks, and it's going to be on, like I said, the 12th, 13th, 14th, even though you'll still see a couple on the nights leading up to it, you start seeing a bunch an hour, and it's crazy. It's really fun to watch. Uh, it sounds like uh, I definitely have to look out for that because, uh, like like you said, uh, like I said, uh, we'll I'll actually be able to see some stars when, I, when I'm out there. Yeah, it's been, I, uh, it's been a year. It's crazy to think that... Uh, that the longest I've ever been from uh, being from back home. So be really excited to do that. And uh, hopefully yeah, I'll be able to get it. Oh, I, I definitely know I have a couple of at least one or two rounds of golf planned, which will be amazing. It's, uh, one of them is with my good buddies who uh, listen to this podcast. I'm very thankful for their um, uh, how much they listen. Uh, Spiros, a past guest, actually, he invited me. It's a 27 holes. And it's uh, I think it's you're in a, a, a two pair, a pairs of two. Obviously, that's a pair. Um, and you're competing on nine holes is best ball, uh, nine holes is a uh, scramble, and nine holes is alternate shot. I think it's what it is. So alternate that's shot. Kind of, that sounds like fun. And it's called the the Fireball Classic, apparently. Oh yeah. And you play uh, like I think at two times like ten in the morning, and you're supposed to take two shots of Fireball before you tee off, which sounds oh, like that could get absolutely <laughs> very dangerous. Obviously, right? Well, if you're gonna, you said it's your friend Spiros, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I assume you're going to start in the morning. So when you see Spiros, greet him with Kalimata. Kalimata? It's like, uh, slowly, it's like Kalimata. Kalimata. It's, it just, it's Greek for good morning. Kalimata. All right. I'll, 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 I'll write that down right now so I don't forget it. I'm probably, yeah. your, your Greek listeners are going to go, you said that wrong, which I know I did, but I'm not Greek, so. <laughs> and I know yeah. you don't say Greek, it's Hellenic. Uh, I forgot about that, too. Whatever. Ooh. I grew up with some Greeks, too, right? So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It sounds very interesting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I said uh, alternate shot for nine holes. Uh, yeah, scramble and uh, yeah, b- uh, best ball. So yeah, it should be a very, very interesting format. The other guy, Costa, is, 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 is his brother. He's my partner and I'm told he's a pretty terrible golfer. Uh, so that'd be interesting uh, dynamic. And, but he does have a hole in one. Speaking of holes in one, he nice. does have one in his career and apparently it was a worm burner. It went all the way on the ground the entire time into the hole, which makes me so jealous because I've never had one. Wow, that's funny. My dad actually has two, and my mom has one. Man, it must be so nice to be able to get those because, yeah, I've played for, I guess, uh, 23 years or something along those lines, and I've had a hole out from the fairway on 18 for Eagle from, like, 150 yards to shoot even oh, nice. par. That was amazing, but and I went absolutely crazy, but I never actually, uh, never actually had a, a hole-in-one. I came so close. I don't know. I can't remember if I've said this story in this podcast. I must have maybe when I had a TSN legend Rod Smith on. Maybe I brought it up with him. But uh, yeah, I played with him once uh, a number of years ago at Dentonia Park. And it was the fifth hole there. And I was just like, you know what, Rod? I think this is the perfect distance for my wedge. I have a feeling I'm going to get a hole in one here. And I hit it, and he was commentating my shot through the midair, which was the greatest thing of all time, of course. <laughs> if anyone awesome. who knows Rod Smith, his, his yeah. beautiful baritone voice, it's, it's amazing. And it landed within like three, four inches of the hole. I was like, oh my God, that would have been incredible. You know? Oh. That's the same place, same hole. I almost had one too. That's funny. I, mm-hmm. I haven't golfed for about eight years, but uh, when I, I, I golfed Antonia, uh, I was with a buddy of mine in 2006. And on that same hole, uh, I almost hold out too. That's funny, man. Oh, man. Yeah. A, a buddy of yours, but not your best friend, right? That's correct. 
Uh, nice, well, uh, nice uh, circle of life there. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, you, of course, obviously worked in the work with me at TSN. You've been in the industry much longer than I have. I'm sure you have a couple more stories uh, that you have from uh, yesteryear. Yeah, we there's a couple of kind of forgotten shows that worked on. There was in the mid to late '90s. There was one called the Camilla Scott Show. Camilla Scott was an actress, theater person who she used to be on Due South, the, the TV show Due South. But it was like a Ricky Lake knockoff. I mean, episodes were called like, you love your pet more than me. Or <laughs> like, I have the funniest friend in the world. And they would literally go an hour on that. But I was freelancing. It was, you know, it was money. You just dealt with it. Me and my uh, um, audio operator upstairs, we just have fun on the headset, making fun of people and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that, that sounds really good. Uh, and also you said you worked on talk TV as well. I, I don't remember these shows, if I'm honest. Maybe I was a bit too young. That's probably why they didn't last long. Um, Ooh, true. Yeah, Talk TV, that was uh, what is now with the MTV channel, but they started, it was a new specialty channel that started off in 2000 and had a bunch of hosts. It was very open, like the control room was in the studio, so we were always involved, but the hosts were like current Federal Minister of Natural Resources, Seamus O'Regan, and current Your Morning and former eTalk host, Ben Mulroney. Like those are the guys who, that kind of started their, well, TV career, so to speak. Uh, I don't, Seamus got into politics, obviously, but that was the show where I was first. There was the first time ever where I was interviewed about something, and they just figured, well, Grant's the sports guy. Let's talk to him. It was when Mario was making his comeback. Mm-hmm. I was remember the date for it's December twenty seventh. It was t- December twenty seventh, two thousand. He's coming against the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Coming back against the Maple Leafs. So um, he interviewed me about it. That's why they're bringing him back, right? Well, yeah, I mean, what it boils down to, I'm sure he still loves the game, but he's what sure. he's basically doing, he's protecting his interests. He's, uh, I mean, he's, as of, well, now, he's owner of the club. I'm, I'm, I think he has to resign as governor before he can play. Okay. But uh, they got to they gotta fill seats. So, yeah, there you go. And what was amazing about that, Mario was so good, even at that stage, he got an assist 30 seconds into his shift. Like, the guy was amazing. Didn't he have like five points in that game or something? I remember vividly as a kid watching that, and I recorded it on VHS tape. And even though obviously I'm a Leaf fan, the moment was incredible. And I was like, you know what? Obviously, it's cool to see Pittsburgh win this game because of Mario. Didn't he have like five points or something like no, that? I'll insert it if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive he had one goal and two assists. Wow. Incredible. And um, so, yeah, and then just working on those shows, it gives you experience, and then you you apply. And then the, from that, I the TSN opening came, and – and I got that, and here we are. I'm just uh, just checking the, to see that box where, yeah, 27, December 27th, 2000. It's a uh, booyah, man. It's a uh, so it's just a sad to think, or you know, thankfully he's able to battle through cancer and to be able to play more because he's such an unbelievable talent, and you know, uh, from all accounts, great guy and all this stuff, and. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it robbed like three and a half years of his career. Marlon Lemieux. Yeah. Was he is he your favorite hockey player at all, or no? Favorite all-time hockey player? Oh, I, I grew up idolizing Gretzky. Mm. But my favorite all-time Leaf is Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts, yeah, scored the was a triple overtime winner against Ottawa. I remember watching that with buddies back in the day, and uh, they weren't too happy because they were Sens fans. Uh, that uh, yeah. was an amazing memory for me. He was just, I mean, he's he's only one of four guys who've ever scored 50 goals and gotten over 200 minutes and penalties in the same year. Can you name the other three? Oh, jeez. I do. Was it again? Over fifty goals and two hundred penalty minutes in the, in the same, same year? year. 
Oh, wow. Uh, I probably have no chance. Of Cam Neely, maybe? Nope. Oh, boy. Uh, if, I, if, I, if that's my first guess and I'm, I'm wrong. I it's would all have 90s. To, I, I, oh, man. I would think I would absolutely. Ally Freddy? No. Oh, boy. Well, who, who are the three guys? I can go on here and, and I would probably not get, guess any of them. Kevin Stevens. Mm, yeah, it would, have taken me, it would have taken me 10 years to figure that one out. Yep. Keith Kachuk. Mm, yeah, okay, yep. Ah, oh, crap. Now I'm drawing a blank on the third one. Oh, no. Oh, Dino Cicerelli, maybe? No. Ah. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I, oh, I'm editing this out. I want to sound smart. You have to look <laughs> it up. I always forget who the third person is. Wait, Kachuk, Stevens, Roberts. Damn it. Do you want me to uh, Google this right now? Yeah, would you mind? Sure. I'm such an idiot. Was it 200 penalty minutes, you said? Yeah. As well. Brendan Shanahan? Brendan Shanahan. Oh, Brendan Shanahan. Damn it. I should have known that one. That's probably a name I I definitely uh, perhaps should have thought about. If I would have put on my thinking cap there, I might have been able to get him. But the Kevin Stevens one, I I, obviously I know he was a very good player. But for some reason, I don't remember him being a, a big penalty minute guy. He was, especially for the Penguins. Yeah, I guess so. Just a little, you know, I used to love collecting hockey cards and baseball cards back in the day and hockey sticker books. Yeah, me too. I love thing. collecting hockey cards. Yeah, the, the sticker books were the greatest thing ever to me. Like, uh, the amount of money I would bury on those, uh, you know, I, even I think a few years ago I got one. And it was like, oh, you know, this is reminding me of uh, my childhood or whatever. And yeah, the amount of money you spend on those, it's, it's so much for, you know, you're still going to get the exact octuplets of the same uh, ones. And uh, but still, I, I love doing those uh, for hockey. Um I guess I'll get it, get you here on this. Uh, obviously, the CFL has uh, now begun here in earnest. Uh, nice to see it come back. Um, you know, it obviously wasn't uh, there last year. Didn't no league last year at all. Um, do you have any great stories of, of great cups? Uh, I know it's going to be in Hamilton, which is exciting in uh, mid December this year. Which I'm very. I think it's December twelfth. I want to say, which sounds very exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, we used to do <clears throat> go on the road and do the Saturday Grey Cup shows. Uh, the, the, the big boys would the main road guys who've been doing it forever would do the, obviously the big game and we would do the <clears throat> the uh we'd be you know uh re- responsible for the uh great cup saturday and stuff like that so i went on i did great cups from montreal in 08 all the way to toronto in 2016 and um <laughs> it's embarrassing but I, I'll, I, i've told the story before to other people so I don't know if it's the night before the Grey Cup or two nights before the... Anyway, me and the other audio guys were hanging out at this bar on Front Street in Toronto. I was staying at the Westin down, I think the Westin Harbor, whatever you call it, down by the uh, water there. We had some beers. Um, I was going to go use the washroom. There was a lineup. I went, okay, I'm good for the seven-minute walk back to the hotel. And right out of the gate, I couldn't get back into the place either because there was a lineup. And right out of the gate, I'm like, oh, that was a mistake. I should have gone. And I'm walking. I went, okay, maybe it's terrible, but maybe I'll just go underneath the pillar under the Gardner Expressway here. Nope, cops right there. So I kept on going, walking and walking. It's getting so bad because as you get older, <laughs> and you'll find this out, hon, <laughs> uh, it gets a little harder to hold stuff. Mm. So I'm walking and walking. I'm walking really fast. I, I go to take the, the side steps, the west steps, because that's closest to the elevators. And I'm running up the steps. And now I'm in the elevator by myself. And I'm like a little kid. I'm hopping back and forth because I have to go so badly. <laughs> and of course, I'm on the 27th floor. So hey, I'm waiting for the elevator to go up. Yeah. So, but my hotel room is right across from the elevator. So the elevator doors open up. I get my card inside the hotel room. I open up the hotel room door. 
and I almost made it. Oh no, you almost, oh, I really thought, oh no, 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 no. Yikes. Yep. So <laughs> luckily I brought a few pairs of jeans. Uh, is that close to, oh no. Yep. I tried, man. I tried my best. <laughs> I tried my best. Yeah, we've all been there. I've definitely and If had anyone times. can remember on this pod for anything, I hope it's that story. Hello to my <laughs> wife, Dawn. <laughs> she's probably just got her hand over her head right now. Yeah, she's probably very, very proud of that story. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've I've had a time where, yeah, I've had times where it was like, oh no, my god. Actually, this doesn't this doesn't end uh, as spectacularly bad as you the story, thankfully. But I remember, yeah, many years ago after the round of golf, I absolutely it's the same thing. I needed to do it, and I was like stuck on the subway. Uh, it was stopped stop for whatever reason, and oh, yeah. it wouldn't go, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, my God, I desperately need to go. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give up the battle. I have to go. Like This is brutal. Like, I have to. And I was all I, mentally, I was all set to do it. I was like, I, I have to. But oh, wow. for some reason, physically, it wouldn't let me. It wouldn't let me. Even though I, in my mind, I said, yes, I'm, I'll, I'll do it, even though this is horrible. And it didn't oh, wow. happen. So, and I'm very thankful that my body said, no, nah, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Because that obviously would have been horribly embarrassing, but it was that bad. But thankfully, that's... it was a, better, a happier ending, I suppose, than, uh, than your story. Yes. Yeah, yeah it was. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, this has been a blast uh, catching up with you, Grant. And Yeah, you too, man. We'll Def- be... I definitely want to hit a Blue Jays game, man. Yes, definitely in September. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a, a bit of a pennant chase, or maybe, maybe not a pennant. They probably won't win the AL East, but uh, certainly uh, within uh, within reach of the wild card, definitely. And uh, that'd be awesome to be there, especially on a Friday night with the dome open. A lot of people rip the Rogers Center as long as the dome is open. I think it's totally fine. It's, I love it, it with it open. It's awesome. Yeah, it, obviously it's not not the same when it's closed, but uh, but then again, uh, if it's closed, it's closed for a reason. You're still able to see a baseball game. So yeah, true. Yeah, you know, I I, I I find a lot of people hate the Rogers Center and they they're down on it. I've been to a couple other ballparks now, uh, uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati, and they're obviously they they are nicer. They are than the Toronto one, but it's not that horrible. But I believe if not, if I'm not mistaken, at least they were going to anyway pre-pandemic. I think they're working on getting a new ballpark here eventually down the road. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I've been to PNC and and Camden Yard and and the the Washington Nationals Park, and they're just gorgeous. But you know, for for here, I, if the dome's open, I'm happy to go to a game. Absolutely, yeah. Especially 500 level uh, before, right behind home plate. Obviously, those are hot tickets to to get. That's you're right on the action there. I, I absolutely love it, and I miss going to Blue Jays games. And hopefully, yes, let's go to one uh, here down the road. Uh, well, Grant, like I said, we'll be off for a few weeks here for this podcast because we're both yep. going to take a little bit well of vacation. Well-deserved. Episode 70. already cranked out 70 of these episodes, and yeah, I couldn't awesome. have done it without my editor, Grant Nabesy Roberts. Thank you so much. Hey, no problem, man. Enjoy doing it, like I said. So you have a good holiday, and thank you for having me on. And you and your listeners, everyone have a good summer. Bang. That was a blast talking to my good friend, not my best friend, Grant Roberts, for this historic milestone 70th episode Loved hearing a story about wandering onto the set of the OC to be a TV extra. And of course, that last tale about how he didn't quite make it to, let's just say his final destination was legendary. It was a scintillating best word episode to be sure. As we mentioned, we'll be off for a few weeks for summer vacation, but I already have two great guests lined up for when we get back. I mean, really, if if they're awful guests, would I have said that? In the meantime, you can catch the various sports I write about on sportsbettingdime.com and TSN Edge. Listen to my golf picks videos where I give the best golf bets to hopefully win us all money each week on Instagram and Twitter at HoundDogHarrison. There's only one D in there. There wasn't enough space for two Ds for my handle. And also the Bros Ceremony podcast on YouTube 
where myself and my co-host Adam Scully just had Brendan from this season of The Bachelorette on, and he was fantastic. Thank you so much for listening to this, the Milestone 70th episode, along with the first 69 that came before it. Nice. Bang. This has been the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Bang. Mm, bang. Mm, bang.